to go. Quick mic check from everybody. No. Uh, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I am your host, Danny K. With me, as always, my wonderful, my beautiful co-host, Mr. Greenlee. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are you, Danny? I am fucking fantastic. Dude, the weather in Iowa has been beautiful. I just had to shut my windows. I've had my windows open for the last almost 48 hours. It's wonderful. Oh, it's super nice. Yeah. It's yeah. And I, last night was the same, except for I stayed in, inside all day. So. <laughs> I yeah. just, man, I just flung the windows open. With us is our other co-host, the powerful Revsben, who yeah. full strength. <laughs> Maximum power. He's got Sorry. his internet fixed. Finally. <laughs> how you doing oh, Sven? how you doing Padre? doing fantastic now thank you for asking i'm so glad to be back in full capacity and be back here with two of my favorite people in this whole wide world with the beautiful little smiles and the cute mustache oh just let me twirl <laughs> it let me get the handlebar going a little bit more here yeah there we go uh, i think he was talking about my mustache thank you i couldn't see it my bad <laughs> it's hiding a little bit <laughs> it's it's like blonde it's the weirdest thing like my facial hair goes from like blondish to like darker and i i don't like it i hate it <laughs> but it's better than shaving like if i shave completely mm -hmm. i look like a like a pumpkin head baby and i don't like it nice um like a cabbage kid. <laughs> exactly. so before the show starts um i just want to say thank you guys for making two months or i'm sorry two years awesome um we've been doing this for a little bit more than two months um uh, <laughs> two years awesome this was a great celebration of the uh, milestone uh seriously it meant so much to me uh we'll get to that all that stuff here in a second but if you guys miss any part of the show tonight you can find us on youtube spotify apple and google podcasts and everywhere podcasts are found of course uh we have some merch that is available until midnight tonight when you got you watching live yes you watching live you have until midnight tonight to get limited time merch once midnight tonight central standard time happens that design is going goodbye forever we will be coming out with regular merch for uh people to enjoy and purchase later if they want to help support the show that way but you have until midnight tonight so get your order in um there are tees mugs face masks stickers butt plugs and more um we are doing giveaways like i said uh we will be continuing to do the question of the week we won't always be doing a giveaway for it but we will be doing question of the week. We will talk about the, um, did you just now notice the, the screen? I did. Okay. I, I got a little bit of a delay on mine, so it took a second for it to pop up, but I love it. Gotcha. So it. we will uh, talk about question, the, 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 some of the good answers we got from the previous week. There were actually some really good answers, uh, la from last week's question, which is the weirdest or what's the worst gaming peripheral. And uh, Michael Teague uh, mentioned like this weird Microsoft uh, Sidewinder controller that was meant for like RTSs. I watched a video on it and it was fucking weird. Like it was, I'm like, why would anyone want to try to use this thing? <laughs> um, 
yeah, that was one of the that, that was really interesting to look up and watch. Um, the question of the week this week is not really gaming related, but what's your favorite childhood cartoon? Um, what is your favorite childhood cartoon? Let us know in the comments uh, down below. And we weren't really planning on doing this, but we said, why not go out with a fucking bang? We're going to give away three things today. It was supposed to be a surprise, Danny. Well, we got to get people to sign up somehow. You broke my heart. <laughs> Here goes my ex-girlfriend, Sarah Pell fan. You broke my heart. You broke my heart. So uh, we're going to draw the winner of the from last week's question of the week. We are going to give away a game at um, the at the uh, right before the break. So if you guys want to get entered to win another free game here during the live show, go on ahead and use the word uh, keyword exclamation mark fuck windstream. You heard that right, fuck windstream. In order fuck to windstream. get entered to win another free game, and then at the end of the show today. We'll be compiling all of uh, the people who entered over this uh, over the month of July and today's show for a chance at a twenty dollars Steam gift card. That'll be your guys's uh, last chance to win something f uh, for the two year celebration. So again, and uh, we'll draw the winner for last week's question of the week. If you guys want to hear your comment on the show, go on ahead and answer this question down below. What's your favorite childhood cartoon? If you guys want to win a game before uh the break today use keyword exclamation mark fuck windstream to get entered and at the end of the show we will draw our 20 dollars steam gift card i think i covered it all right sounded good to me so. yeah sorry i broke your heart there green it's okay we, we get to redeem it by saying fuck windstream <laughs> for my boy rev <laughs> for my boy rev I got you yes I will go into battle with you. <laughs> Fuck Windstream. Die on this hill, man. This is I a real. This is a ride or die family here. Like if you ain't with us, you against us. <laughs> if you ain't with us, then fuck Windstream. <laughs> I've burned plenty of buildings down to the ground. I won't hesitate to go down to Oklahoma and burn another. Yeah. So Wait. server building tiny. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna go on ahead and draw our winner for last week's question of the week. And who was it? The winner is Elliot Hildebrand. Congratulations, Elliot. You've been commenting and entering every fucking week. We know exactly who you are, Elliot. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. We will send you a Steam key uh, through... On I don't know. We'll send it to you. I'll send it to you via Twitter. That's how we talk most of the time anyways, is via Twitter. <laughs> yeah, and that game is going to be Into the Breach, which uh, I haven't heard much about, but it looks like it's a really good game. Into so hopefully you like it. Breach. Into yes. the Breach. Yes. Elliot, you better talk about Into the Breach on all your shows. Okay? <laughs> and you better tell everyone where they where you got that key when you talk about Into the Breach. Right. You better do it, or we will fight you. We will and fight you. The biggest thing, he has two more chances to win. He does. He does. Oh. Two other games, plus a $20 Steam gift card. So that's three chances to win shit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, we're going to go on ahead. We're going to get into, without any 
further delay, we're going to get into this week's topics. The first topic that we're not really going to talk about games so much this week is just like a lot of news around games or adjacent to, to gaming. Um, and so our first topic here is Steam, new Steam restrictions specifically for VPNs. Uh, VPNs, uh, for those who don't know, I believe it stands for Virtual Privacy Network, correct? VPN, let me double check. Uh, I'm sure you guys have heard the, um, all the, you know, let me just look at meaning so I know exactly, so I don't sound like a complete another. Yeah, virtual private network. I'm sure everyone has heard the 3 million fucking advertisements for VPNs from Nord and Express and private internet access. I mean, if you listen to a podcast or watch YouTube, you have gotten an ad for those things. Um, so a VPN, it, it encrypts your, um, it encrypts your, your internet data. It um, allows you to change um, your location on the internet because you're accessing a server than is then accessing the internet. Um, you can do all sorts of, um, you can actually use VPNs to get around a lot of region locks. So if you're someone who uh, wants to continue watching, uh, say your regular shows on Netflix while you're traveling, you can use a VPN to, a, to get into a server in the United States and watch that. Or, you know, maybe you're really bored of American TV. Uh, you can use a VPN to watch British television or Italian or Korean or Japanese television. Um, you can also use it to get around certain, um, you know, if you live in a country that has some other restrictions on what you can access, like in China or in Russia, that you know you can't necessarily get all the free information, uh, all the information freely that you want. Um, not to say that you necessarily can in the United States, but that's a different uh, that's a different conversation. <laughs> so uh, I, I use a VPN to uh, do online sports betting since you can't do it here. <laughs> uh, my home state actually legalized that this year. Yeah. Um I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say well actually I'm gonna say this. Uh one of the leg local legislators um that really proposed that and pushed that through this uh local Senate was my uncle and I was on the inside track and I'm like Fuck yeah <laughs> once he, he told me once that oh yeah no we're proposing this bill. He was also one of the ones that who uh, proposed the or that uh, co-sponsored the bill to get uh, fireworks legalized in the states, and I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, this is the most American uncle I've ever heard of. <laughs> oh man, uh, the he uh, real he, trooper, firefighter, sailor. Um, he has a he has Captain America tattooed on his body. He left the Senate in the in the fire uh, fighting. Um, the fire department to go be a lobbyist for a wind energy firm. <laughs> um, anyways, so, so what's that? Yeah, I was gonna say it wasn't like a big issue with the whole police fire thing, too. Yeah, yeah, our hometown. Anyway. That's that we're getting into like weird specifics of our of here our nor there. Yeah. yeah. So back here to uh, Steam VPN restrictions. So a lot of people would actually use a VPN to get around. Um, some current currency issues. A lot of people in the United States specifically would use VPNs to get games for cheaper. They would go to game, they would go to set their location using a VPN saying, 
we'll just say Malaysia as an example that, uh, you know, I live in Malaysia. I'm going to buy this game at Malaysian prices. So if it's $60 here in the United States, it could be actually much lower in another country. So Steam has uh, attempted to stop this over uh, several years. They've implemented different restrictions to prevent people from exploiting this. And this week we got another restriction that seems like it's going to be the death knell for this. Um, now what needs to happen is you need to complete a purchase with a payment method from the country you claim to be located in. So um, the GameStop, uh, GameSpot article that I read uh, said, gave the example of if you say you live in Malaysia, you need to have a Malaysian credit card uh, to complete a purchase on Steam. If you're an American, if you say you're an American, you need an American credit card to complete your purchase on Steam. Um, and people might be, you know, well, what's the big deal? Well, first off, the big deal is uh, this isn't particularly great for folks who live in countries whose currencies are not particularly strong or stable. Um, you know, if you live in a country where your currency's buying power is not that particularly great, but you can use a VPN to get another to go to a different country, essentially, and make the purchase, you have a lot more options in, in terms of uh, purchasing and spending. Uh, compounding this issue, though, is the fact that publishers arbitrarily increase and decrease the, decrease the price of their games in other countries, seemingly at random and with little thought into the buying power of currencies relative to the base price of the U.S. dollar, because the base price in the gaming industry is the U.S. dollar and typically, we're looking at $60 a game. Um, one example of this that the GameSpot article uh, pointed out was Horizon Zero Dawn's Steam price, which saw a sudden spike outside, in, outside the U.S. Um, with no reason given by either Valve or Sony. And a lot of people were speculating it was because Americans, or at least people in the West, were using VPNs to get around the uh, getting a, around paying the full sixty dollars, and this was a um, means of compensation by Sony. Now the the prices are set by the publishers, right? Valve doesn't have anything to do with uh, how a publisher sets the, or um, doesn't have any say in what the publishers uh, list the price as for a game. So that would be completely on Sony. Um, and if that is the case, if they did arbitrarily increase the price in certain countries just to try to deal with Americans or people in the West using a VPN to get around paying the full $60 for Horizon Zero Dawn, that's actually really shitty. That's punishing residents of a country for things other, for non, for things non-residents are doing. Um, so yeah, that's like that was another example. There's other examples though too. Um, upper echelon gamers, uh, or upper echelon gamer. Um, he's a YouTuber I watch occasionally. He did an excellent video on this exact topic, um, and he provided one example, which was Poland, where they for one game they had experienced a markup of over five thousand percent from the U.S. pricing. Um, and he goes through and he, uh, using some kind of basic economic measurements like the Big Mac test, which is, you know, how many Big Macs can you buy with this country's currency? 
um, some real basic economic ideas and stuff like that and explained, you know, like the Indian rupee, um, how much money that that could, you know, be how much, how much you could use in rupees to pay for a game in American and how it works out. So it really sucks for people outside the United States whose currency is not the base currency that these games are being sold in, um, who cannot circumvent arbitrary and oftentimes unfair pricing. They're getting priced out of PC games at this point. Publishers who do have the right to, you know, set the price, the, the price list or the listing price for a game are doing it without consideration to those people in those markets um so that's that's the big deal that's the big reason why it matters um i'm not an economics expert <laughs> i i'm gonna say that right now we're gonna deal with a lot of economics in today's show i'm not an economics expert but to me it seems like there should be some sort of fair pricing policy set by steam that says if you're going to list your game on our on our platform, if you're going to use us as a as a marketplace, as the largest gaming marketplace, you need to have some sort of fair pricing standards that are equivalent, you're not equivalent, that are fair to the countries that are going that you're going to sell to. There are obviously some countries that some companies are not going to be able to sell to. Um, one example I'm thinking of off the top of my head is. Um, Oh shoot! What is the game? I had it on the top of my head, but in a lot of uh, Middle Eastern countries, uh, I think it's like Sniper Elite, um, or one of those one of those games where you are not allowed to purchase that game. Hold on, I have it on. I picked it up on Humble Bundle um, a while ago. It was free on Humble Bundle. I just never installed it. Um, but that's a game that you're not allowed to purchase in a lot, like Egypt. Uh, so there's obviously some of that stuff. Um, but yeah, what do you think? Uh, we'll go with you, Green. I laid out a lot of information there. I'll let you pick I, at it first apart. I'm thinking, at first I'm thinking that, like, yeah, this is kind of good for the devs. You know, not allowing uh, people to, like, be dickheads and go to, like, a different, you know, region and buy a game for cheaper. Because that's screwing up the devs, but... Then it took a full 180 and just went like straight to like publishers, like being jank. Like, there definitely needs to be some sort of standard set by Steam uh, for fair pricing. Like if it's $60 US, it should be whatever the equivalent of of $60 in that, that other country's currency. It's, there should be no fluctuation there. Like that just seems unfair. And well, I think that's I, to take care of. let me let me clarify. It shouldn't be the equivalent of sixty dollars. It should be the buying power of sixty dollars in another currency, um, because you know, like sixty yen does not equal sixty dollars. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, whatever the equivalent. Of equivalent yeah. Gotcha. I'm so just like, yeah. I'm just making sure because it's some people would be like, well, yeah, no, if it's like sixty, you know, uh, sixty euros or whatever. Um, you know, it should be like sixty dollars, sixty euros. I want to make sure that that's no. delineated. Yeah, it should be like like uh, let's do, let's do uh pounds, British pounds. I think it's like uh point six of a a dollar. So like it's more technically more than the dollar. 
I think it's it's like point like a dollar is like point seven a pound or something like that. Point six or point seven. So pounds are more uh, more valuable than dollars. So like if it's sixty U.S. dollars, it should be like you know fifty pounds or whatever math whatever the math is because i'm not math yeah right I'm now i am no i'm not math i'm not talking yeah so. so right now one pound sterling is 1.31 united states dollars yeah um yeah in the game i was thinking of by the way with that's region locked uh is spec ops the line hmm. um that's region locked like you can't get that in egypt or uh, a lot of uh other countries that wasn't a very uh, the, the story of that game was uh, interesting. So. Yeah, I haven't played it. I know it's pretty wacky and pretty gnarly. Mm-hmm. I just haven't played it's it. It's pretty dark, pretty dark. But um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's my take. Like Steam should definitely put a policy on there that they can't like whatever the price is. You like whatever their base price is, it should be equivalent to that and that that other uh, currency price. Yeah, I think whatever a, that difference is. Yeah, and not to not to like step on your toes here. I think a better word would be comparable. It'd be whatever is comparable exactly. to that to that buying power. Uh, Padre, thoughts? I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Yeah, at first I was thinking like it kind of seems like a lot of this problem stems from people in the West just being dicks and doing whatever they can to get a little bit of a discount. But uh, it it seems like I the, the clear cut solution would be to make it a baseline based around the buying power you know whatever the equivalent like whatever the buying power equivalent is should be the the price set then you wouldn't even have to bother with you know doing the whole vpn thing with the the uh the region specific credit cards and all that stuff because no matter where you bought it it would all be the same so i i mean i don't understand why that's not a thing maybe it's because it's difficult because a I, 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 this actually could be it. It's difficult because currency fluctuates daily. And so it would be kind of difficult to just keep fluctuating your prices on Steam in other countries. You know, like, like you go to Malaysia and you just see the price fluctuating based on their currency because the buying power of $60 equivalent over there changes from day to day. Um, so I guess that would make sense to do that. I mean, I like the idea that Steam did put in place of the, you know, with the whole making sure you have a regional specific payment method. If that's, I mean, if, if that's the route you have to go, I'm with it. I, I'm all about it. So that, that that's, I, I would assume that's the only reason that making a baseline um, buying power equivalent would be hard because in all these other countries, if you're basing it off of the U.S. dollar solely with the change in exchange rate daily, you would have to change the prices on Steam to make it match. And it would just be, a lot to handle so that, that that would be my take on it yeah uh real quick i am seeing that the um that my upload speed is tanking i apologize for any issues uh for the live viewers um i am so sorry i gave that to you fuck windstream yeah we just keep passing it along to each other it's like a fucking it's an sti over here um so yeah th- there's a lot of really good resources i do actually recommend checking out the upper echelon gamers uh, video regarding um, this issue and the weird I mean it, when the examples that he goes through and shows uh, in his video um, 
uh, someone just asked, can I use a VPN and buy a game cheaper then? No, you cannot. Um, you have to use a credit card in the country that uh, Steam set, thinks you're in uh, or that you tell Steam that you're in. It's a part of your uh, user Yeah, because people, because people were doing that. Yeah, people were and doing that. It's, it's not fair to the, the, the devs and the publishers. And um, so in order, to, in order to keep Americans and other, you know, advanced, quote unquote, um, what, what do you call it, developed nations from going in and just being dickheads about it, they had to set a new policy in place. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like a huge part of this is also just the weird arbitrary pricing because it could have been like like some of these games, it might not have even been like a country who is quote unquote uh, developed or, you know, it has a high GDP or whatever. It's just whatever. Oh, it's not America. We're just going to set the price, whatever we want it to be. Right. Because the American base price is $60. A publisher might not even fucking care and they might set a price for we'll just say like south africa which is a country that fairly stable um you know has a you know has a steady gdp it seems um not a lot of economic at least not a lot of like forefronted economic issues um you know it could just be that they priced the game in south africa to be you know they're equi- they're comparable to 15 dollars um so, yeah, I mean, that's one of those things that I didn't even, I <laughs> smooth brain me didn't even think about getting a VPN just to buy cheaper games. Um, it sucks for those, it really does suck for those people who, like in Poland, again, a country who we don't think of in our minds as being like this third world, um, where they had to deal with a 5,000% markup on a game, you know? arbitrarily i mean it, there was no discernible economic reason for that uh so yeah that's that's the steam vpn restrictions i think that steam does need to go and change their policies that publishers have to from whatever they're basing whether they're in japan whether they're in the eu or the uk or the us whatever they're basing their retail price on they need to make sure that the price is comparable to $60 or whatever in, in the United States. Um, so <laughs> this week, we just have really, really sexy, sexy topics. You guys ready to oh, hear this one? Let's get it. Yeah. Guys, we're going to talk about the antitrust hearings against Apple and Amazon. Oh, yeah. You talk about where Jeff Bezos didn't know anything about Twitch's uh, for the music. Well, we're going to be talking about a lot of shit. And I'm just uh, <laughs> so much. You were you were talking about uh, or you're talking over it here. I'm going to play the sexy sound effect again. Daddy. Daddy. Let's let's talk about this congressional hearing. So First off, some of you might be wondering why we're talking about this hard news, right? This is, what is this, CNN? Are you guys going to become a fucking political uh, podcast now? No. Yes. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> depends. It depends on how much money it makes us. Um, but this does Capitalism. affect you. <laughs> But this does affect you guys as consumers. And I think it was it's important for us to talk about this because we are a consumer and customer focused show 
um, and the practices of these companies affect your wallet. They affect how much uh, products are, how much, um, how much you have to spend, what you can buy, all that sort of stuff. So that's where we're talking about it. And we're mostly going to focus on Apple and Amazon because those two, in my opinion, have the most bearing on our listeners and our audience here. Um, Facebook and Google were also included in this, but the Facebook stuff was mostly on user privacy data, which I think you should go and check and see um, and, and watch that stuff. CNET has some good like breakdowns of like what the most important questions were posed by lawmakers. Google was also there. Um, again, like it was incredibly important stuff and I don't want to like say it wasn't, but I'm just, we're just going to be covering the things that pertain most to our niche. Um, so overall, and we're going to start with Apple here, Apple actually seemed to get off pretty light, um, when compared to Amazon, for sure. Am uh, Jeff Bezos over the CEO owner of the entire fucking world, um, richest man in the world, uh, got grilled pretty hard. Um, Facebook and Google got a lot of shit from some conservative lawmakers about the alleged censorship of conservatives. So if you're interested in that, you can go find that. Um, and you guys can take that as you will. Also, just as a quick aside, when I went to go look up um, Amazon Congressional uh, Amazon Antitrust hearing, the first article I pulled up was by the Washington Post, which to me is hilarious because Jeff Bezos owns the Washington Post. And I'm like, I feel bad for whatever writer got that assignment <laughs> because he's like, fuck, I got to write about my boss. <laughs> oh boy. Here oh we go. I, I better not say my boss's bald head gleamed in his office like a fucking, <laughs> like a snow globe. <laughs> better not write that. Um, no, now he has purchased your work and is going to fire you tomorrow morning. <laughs> you know, Just technically he owns the platform that we're on right now. So you better watch our fucking steps. Um, yeah, he can just take down our too. stream whenever he wants. Um, my stream. What do I? <laughs> <laughs> so Apple took heat mostly for their treatment of third party, uh, third parties on the app control and how much control they have over market access as anyone who wants to have their app uh, on iOS devices need to get it on the app store, right? You have an iPhone. The only way to get new applications and new software on your phone is through the walled garden. Uh, additionally, Apple got grilled for how much, how it manages uh, third-party developers and how much commission, which is either 30% or 15% they take on sale through the app store. The 30% is for mostly one-time sales. So to make this really easy for people, if uh, you buy a game that's 99 cents, Apple is going to take roughly 30 cents from that sale. If it's a subscription service, let's say you spend um, $10 a year on a subscription app, they're going to take $3 or I'm sorry, they're going to take $1.50 each year from that app, from your purchase, from that app developer. Um, there's some other things here that they were, uh, that they were grilling Apple on, uh, grilling Tim Cook on. Uh, additionally, Apple requires app developers to use the Apple payment system. 
Um, one lawmaker pointedly asked CEO Cook about what prevented Apple from increasing their commission rate on the platform, which was nothing, which I think we've talked about this before. Uh, but that, that to me, when I heard that, I kind of thought about that for a minute and it actually is a really frightening prospect, right? Because if Apple decides they want to raise their commission rate on Apple or on the app store from 30% to 35% or 40%, that would mean drastic, drastic price increases for end users, i.e. you and I, because in order to make enough money to survive they're going to have app developers are going to have to account for that price increase or for that commission increase in their price so if they were to raise that we'll just say for easy math if it's a one dollar if it's originally a one dollar app and the uh, commission increases to 35 uh, percent an app developer might want to increase the app price at least 50 percent its base price just so they can make up that cost um, Cook fired back with this, uh, fired back to this question with, uh, saying this, and this is verbatim quote, there's competition for developers, just like there's competition for customers. And so the competition for developers, and then his computer screen kind of glitch or his computer glitched out a little bit and it was unintelligible. They could write their apps for Android or Windows or Xbox or PlayStation. So we have fierce competition at the developer side and we have and the customer side, which is so competitive. I would describe it as a street fight for the market share in the smartphone business. I I'm going to kind of get into my opinion here real quick. I wholeheartedly disagree with his retort. Um, first, his retort. He brought in three platforms, Xbox, PlayStation, and Windows, that are not mobile devices. You could argue maybe Windows for their two-in-ones, but Windows phones haven't been on the market for five plus years, maybe longer, seven plus years. It's been a long time. Uh, Nokia produced the last Windows phone directly, right? I think so. Yeah. I mean, they haven't been, Windows phones have not been on the market for a long time. We'll just say that they have not been long enough that we don't remember when the last one was sold. Um, just like the Zoom. <laughs> I had a Mixer. Zoom. Were, yeah. Um, I'm talking about Microsoft. <laughs> yeah. There's not an Xbox mobile device and there's not an Xbox phone. <laughs> And there's not a PlayStation phone or there's not a PlayStation mobile device right now. The PS Vitas are not being manufactured anymore. Right? Go ahead. There's a Razer phone. But it's running Android. Yeah, it is. Yes. Right? So every so every device, even like Samsung, um, Samsung and uh, Kyocera and... Motorola and all these other smartphone companies are producing on Android. They're developing, they're, they're, they're using Android as their operating system. Um, so I, I, I kind of, I take issue with the, it's a street fight for the mobile phone market because you only mentioned one, one operating system that competes with you, uh, on a regular basis. Yes. Developer game developers can can develop for Xbox One and PlayStation and PC, 
But if they want to be in the mobile market, they only have two options. You have a duopoly in the mobile gaming market. Um, you have, let me, let me rephrase that. It is, it is an oligopoly, if we want to be more clarified, uh, because there's Android, there's iOS, and there's the Nintendo Switch. But the Nintendo Switch, I'm not really counting that much. Is Google, the Google phone, like the Google Pixel running on its own iOS or is it Android as well? It's Android. It's its okay. own, I think it's running its own Android Android kernel or flavor or whatever, but it is running an Android operating system. Flavor. Yeah, flavor. Um, so I think at worst, it was a dishonest statement and vague mm-hmm. at best. Just my opinion. Um... I'll let you guys, I, I, I talked a little bit about there and I kind of got a little, um, maybe a little cart before the horse there. I'll let uh, Rev, Padre, what do you think so far? Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm in the same boat as you on that one, man. Like, it, that's a very misleading statement, especially when you're, when you're presenting these arguments to people who probably don't actually understand what you're talking about. So it's, so it's misleading the perfect audience to mislead, you know, because a lot of these people in Congress probably don't understand that you know, your, your Sony's and your Xboxes don't produce mobile phones or devices. So yeah, it's, it's like a full on, let's call it what it is a lie. It's a lie to try to get yourself, you know, get yourself by. So I'm, I'm in the same boat as you on that one. I don't I think it's just uh, a lot of more of the whole, you know, rich saying what they have to do to keep staying rich. Yeah. Green. What are your, what are your thoughts on, on what uh, Cook said? He likes to misdirect. I think that's been a reoccurring issue with Apple as it is, anyways. Um, you know, it, it really just making a blanket statement just to make it seem like he's like, hey, it's not that bad. Just like I mean, they said in uh in the movie The Campaign, he gave him the old DC dip and twirl. Yeah, what it did. Exactly. So I, I and I don't put it past Apple or or Cook to say something like that. Like, oh, well, we have so many competitors. No, no, you don't. Yeah, in in mobile phones, I mean, in terms of operating systems, as far as I'm aware, um, it's really a duopoly in the United States. Uh, I think Huawei now has to operate on its own operating system, but it's been banned outside of the United States since December 2019? Question mark. When was Huawei? Ban- when were Huawei f- uh, phones banned in the United States? Um, yeah, nineteen. <clears throat> so, I mean, it, it's a duopoly uh, in terms of operating systems. Um, hardware rot, hardware wise, you know. Again, the market share for mobile phones. It's it's split between. I think Samsung has the larger share of of. has the larger part of the market share but apple's not insignificant in this in that space um and i very barely would would say you know the nintendo switch is a factor in this conversation especially because when we're talking about the one million app over one million apps on the app store not all of those are games the nintendo switch is purely a gaming machine you're not going to put a banking app on your nintendo switch you're not going to put your day trader app on the Nintendo Switch. You're not going to put your health app on the Nintendo Switch. 
don't tell me what I can and can't do. <laughs> so, you know, for the over 1 million apps that are on the App Store, or the, and for all the other reasons, I mean, fuck, think about your phone and what apps you have on your phone. They're not all games. I would, I would argue that the majority of them aren't games. I have um, one game on my phone. I have one game on my phone too, and it's Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links that I'm still, I'm still playing almost every day since we talked about it. My <laughs> Dragon Ball Z Dokkan battle. That's it. That's all I got. Um. So moving on, <clears throat> one lawmaker alleged that Apple discriminates between app developers, oftentimes based on the size and reputation. Cook responded to that, saying that they do in fact treat each developer the same, though with one million apps on the store, I don't believe that for a fucking second. I don't believe there hasn't been one instance of Apple discriminating against a developer with prejudice for one reason or another. I just simply don't. There is no way. Um, they also focus on how app developers and its competitors um, handles its competitors on its store. A Miss uh, Macbeth, a Democrat from Georgia, brought up the iBook store, and this was really interesting to me, uh, which Apple launched in 2010. At the time, the only major book publisher that did not agree to join the iBook store was Random House, who wanted to have their own book ebook store on the App Store. According to an investigation, Apple had prevented the Random House app from going live on the App Store and was cited as the main reason Random House eventually caved and joined the iBook store. Um, to me, I'm going to kind of go back into my opinions here. This was, an, again, one of the other scariest revelations, especially for anyone uh, who is looking at this from a gaming perspective, because we have to remember that Apple Arcade is a service that exists. We don't, I mean, we talked about it a little bit. It doesn't get mentioned a lot, but it is a service and they could use that as a leveraging option for games that they would want under that service umbrella, right? They could, um, they, particularly indie games that do very well, I could see Apple leveraging that and saying, look, you want to be on Apple devices? We're not going to approve you to be on the App Store. You have to come under the apple arcade umbrella so that they get their so that they can take that cake um that's to me that was the scariest revel one of the other scariest revelations in this apple uh hearing i'll let uh mr green elite i'll let you um take over here um uh, like continuing no, I'll just let you. I'm sorry. I'll let you give your thoughts on on that. Oh yeah, it's definitely possible. Like I, I, I don't put it past Apple to do that. Like, uh, shit, they, um, have a lot of stuff that's just iOS specific as it is now, and there's a you know a reason for that. Usually, it's like contracted in that they can only be on. They have to have that app on iOS before Android for a certain amount of time stuff like that it's it's definitely it's not something i put past apple i've never been an apple fan for i think it's been like eight years since i've had an apple product but besides my ipad so and that thing's over eight years old so i, I honestly it's something i don't put past them that's why I, I tend to stay away from apple products as it is it plus their lack of actual 
innovation. We finally got screen and screen. <laughs> um, real quick, someone said, but Apple created all right, created it all right. Um, I believe he's talking about Apple Arcade, which I do think that they are like that's like the Apple Arcade exclusives or whatever else. But I still think that you know they could feasibly uh, create a create a program in which they would want to bring in especially popular indie games. Um, I know Google made some sort of play subscription thing that basically did just that. It was like you sign up for the subscription service and you get um, you get uh, these certain games that are on the Google Play Store. Um, Padre, what do you think about about that all here? I think uh, I, I think it's just a, sh- a true show testament of uh, of Apple's um, not only just like their greed, but like their incapabilities of even forming a, a, an actual coherent game plan when it comes to the gaming market. Because let's face facts, they have failed miserably at that for the longest time anyways so yeah they're probably going to come up with some kind of bullcrap deal like that where you know they they try to make you sign exclusive and nobody's gonna nobody's gonna fall for it i mean like especially with indie games because like as as an indie indie uh, indie game lover myself a lot of your indie game devs and publishers would not take the deal to sign that exclusivity deal for apple in short term just because they they know better they love their work of art better uh better than that but i i mean it it is is it's a, sh- a true testament to uh, to Apple's greed and avarice that they would try to do. And, and, and I mean, that's just saying, like maybe if they do, you know, they haven't actually with the Apple Arcade done that yet. But the fact that we're having this conversation shows that it is a true possibility. And I think I think it's bullcrap because I'm in the same boat as Green. I haven't had a I haven't had an Apple product in forever. I think the Apple like what is the iPhone three GS was the last Apple product I owned. And I won't go back because, like, like I, for a lot of things, Apple's fine. You know, your business integration stuff, like the stuff you do with your business deals, it's good to get across several devices, whatever. But for what it, what I use it for, I couldn't see myself doing it. It's not worth it. It's not worth the hassle and and having to deal with. And I just I don't see a bunch of indie devs getting involved in that either. Yeah. So let me let me kind of explain why these hearings even happened real quick because there is a question of. Um, and a fair question, I think it's definitely fair. And uh, we talk on the show a lot about kind of like libertarianism and free market ideas and stuff like that. Um, and this is where I'm the little L libertarian. Um, you know, they say uh, this is just someone in the chat, Deputy Chris. I kind of look at it like this: if I built a house, I get to allow whoever I want in, and that's how they seem to be treating it. The issue is, is does that does that harm consumers? Um, does Apple have the right to artificially inflate prices? Do they have the right to, um, harm other businesses through this walled garden technique? Do they have the right to increase prices on customers unfairly or unduly? Um, especially if they have a significant market share in the, uh, in the smartphone in mobile business. Um, those are the, I mean, that's the reason why these congressional hearings happened in the first place was how much power does Apple have? in terms of the software development company and do they have enough power to hurt consumers uh and it seems there's a lot of evidence to suggest that might be the case and and if that is the case and that needs to be dealt with in a in a fair and just manner uh it's kind of like it's kind of like you can you can allow anybody you if you build a house you get to allow whoever you want in that's all fine and dandy but you can't beat them up and take their shit once they're in your house 
you you can't harm them once they're in there that's still illegal yeah well i mean the in part of it also becomes you know if you have um if you're harming other businesses in that way too right random house is is a good example of this if you if you're starting to harm other major businesses with your practices in such a way that would could be deemed unethical um that needs to be looked at in a in a fair and just way uh so that's i mean that's the reason that these congressional hearings were even ha- even happening um we still have amazon to go over but that's like the last little bit of the apple hearing i like i said they kind of got off a little bit lighter uh than some of these other companies i think you guys should definitely go out and and search out the tim cook testimonials uh cnet again had a they had really good um coverage it was 15 minutes condensed into question and answer form it's really good one thing i will say just real quick with the congressional hearing uh they really need to figure out a better way to do a format like that it was you know representative asked a question and they were just wanting yes or no question answers which and then when the ceo or whoever they had dragged in front of them said more than three sentences there's a Oh, you're uh, Mr. Bezos. You're claiming my time. You're claiming my time. We're going to move on. Look, do a proper investigation and properly question these people. It, the congressional hearings should have been spread out over four days. It should have been. It, it's what a suck to be one of these CEOs, but it should have been like six hour sessions each. Um, because yeah, there's a lot of like, Mr. Bezos, you're cutting my, you're you're claiming my time. I have other questions I need to ask. Um, so yeah, the congressional hearings need to be, need to be, uh, reformatted for these, especially because, uh, you have to be what, 30 years old to be a Senator and, or to be a representative and the average price, uh, the average age of a representative is something like 54 <laughs> or something like that. It's like, uh, these people might not completely understand what these tech CEOs are saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. We have Amazon to talk about next, but let's go on ahead and uh, we'll take a break here in a minute. Do we want to draw a name? Absolutely. Do it. Draw a name. All right. Let me go on ahead and we'll draw a name here. Mr. Greenlee, you're not eligible, and neither are you, Revsven. I just wanted to say fuck Windstream. <laughs> okay, all the eligible people are there, and let's go on ahead and... Why don't you remind the people what we're rolling for here? We are giving away a copy of uh, Killing Floor 2. All right. That's the first game to give away, so... Renditions! Congratulations on winning a copy of Killing Floor 2. We will send... Ran! Ran! Ren, we will send you that uh, key to do with as you please. Um, Guys, we'll be right back. We're going to take a two-minute break. Stay right there. And uh, stay beautiful. Where's my... There it is. 
It's July, and that means we have officially hit two years as a podcast. And this month, we've got something very special for you all. First off, for you guys, we have a Steam Key giveaway all month long. Join us live on Twitch and use a keyword in chat to get entered, or answer our weekly question in the comments of the YouTube video. Not only that, but everyone who enters will also be entered for a grand prize drawing of a $20 Steam gift card. The more times you enter, the higher chance we have of winning. Not only that, but this month, we have limited time merch available on Teespring and exclusive two-year anniversary design on t-shirts, mugs, and tote bags. Get yours before August 4th. Thanks for all the love and support over these two years, and thank you for listening. All right, and we are back. Hope you guys enjoyed that break. Thank you for sticking around. Um, so next, is there some, uh, are we good to go on to our next topic, or is there something else we needed to do? No, we're, we're good. Cool. I think we're bony boy excellent 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 um yeah so our next part of this congressional hearing is amazon like i said before amazon got fucking pounded bezos this was his uh first congressional appearance and he got hit pretty hard there's a lot of focus on amazon um in their position as both a retailer and a producer. Um, and by retail, I should say, by retailer, I mean they're the ones that own the uh, e-commerce website, the marketplace. And they also sell and they also produce and sell items on said marketplace, right? Like the, your Amazon Basics, like this cable, this XLR cable that I use is an Amazon's Basic. Um, cable. I have other Amazon basic things around the house, but that's just one example. Um, so to kind of start this out, I'm going to go with Mr. Uh, Cicilline, a Democrat from Rhode Island, alleged that many small companies are thrashed by Amazon when it was a competing seller on and store owner. Um, they would start undercutting prices of those companies on the site. Cicilline concluded his statement saying that the practice was anti-competitive and Congress must take action. These were like really harsh words. So the basic idea was, we'll just take XLR cables for an example. Um, let's just say your um, Monster Audio or whatever the, the company is, if you sell Monster Cables. <clears throat> and you have um, an XLR cable. Amazon could, in theory, because they do sell XLR cables, uh undercut your prices to such a point that they are unprofitable but still make the money or still because they still make the commission on the sales um they would basically outcompete you and run you off the store <clears throat> um there are some other items that they or there are some other examples that they provided but i'm going to kind of move along here just for the sake of brevity that's essentially what they're saying um, and especially because Amazon does take a commission on that. Even if you were monster cables, you're not getting your full profit and it doesn't matter because Amazon can now compete you anyways. So Bezos told the committee that sellers had other attractive options, options to reach customers. But, uh, our friend representative Macbeth fired back citing sources that Amazon provided to the committee themselves, which was eMarketer. Um, that according to eMarketer, 
Amazon holds 47% of the e-commerce market share with eBay holding 6.1% and Walmart holding 4.6%. Apple held 3.8% and Home Depot held 1.7% of the e-commerce market. So the problem, or the, the one thing I did notice as they went down that e-commerce list was it niched down every time you went down another, uh, another ranking and it niched down, right? It was Amazon who sells literally everything, books, media, cables, they sell, um, I mean, anything under the fucking sun, really. Then you go to eBay, which does essentially the same thing, just doesn't have the same market share. You go to Walmart, which has its brick and mortar stores, but a significant portion of online business that is a little bit more refined. You know, it's not, they're not going to sell, they're not, Walmart isn't going to sell literally every brand or make of a certain product they're going to sell a much more refined version of that but then you get to apple who is only going to sell apple products on their e-commerce stores they're only going to sell or things through um they're going to sell things through their media platforms like itunes or whatever their movie stuff is and then the, it, like i said it continues to niche down with like home depot that's you know uh your home improvement stuff. That's your tools, your power tools, your sheds, lawnmowers, um, stuff like that. <clears throat> so I found that really interesting that the e-commerce, it, it niched down because you're not going to go to, you're not going to go to Apple to get the things at Home Depot, but you might go to Amazon to get things that both, that both those retailers would provide. Um, another interesting thing I found when looking at that, uh, I said, that Amazon holds 47% of the e-commerce market with eBay holding 6.1% and Walmart holding 4.6. Um, so that's they between eBay and Walmart, that's roughly 10%. That's about, they together hold about 25% of what Amazon holds. Um, just as an interesting little stat there. <clears throat> Uh, so there's a lot of testimony into how Amazon, Amazon's position in the market for third-party sellers. One seller said that Amazon is the only show in town with Bezos disagreeing. He disagreed with and said that other retailers weren't even listed on the materials. To which I say, if these sellers weren't viable or if these sellers were viable, why weren't they included on the materials Amazon provided the committee? The, and secondly, the question isn't about, are there other marketplaces? It's about if Amazon has so much power that it's not viable to be anywhere else but Amazon. Um, I'm fairly unconvinced by his argument because first off, Amazon provided the e-commerce or the e-marketer materials. And then his defense as well, it wasn't in our materials. Okay, but this is a case that you're making to the committee. Why wasn't that information there? You know, that was a big question mark to me. Yeah, the uh, it, it looks like the material they provided stifled his own upcoming argument. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, precisely. I mean, it's you own forty percent, forty-seven percent of the e-commerce market share, with your next two competitors 
only doing 25% of what you do. Um, and again, like I said, the question is, are there other options? The question is, are the other options viable because of Amazon's power? You know, that's what antitrust hearings are about. Right. Um, I mean, hell, alone, Amazon, like, Amazon alone has a lot in their kind of like their bullying of the market with their free two-day shipping with Prime. I mean, yeah, how hard it is to go anywhere else when you can get it with it. It's like if you live in the area of a distribution center, you can get it like sometimes even the same day. It's like, yeah, how, how are you supposed to compete with that? Like they've got to be losing money somewhere on stuff like that. Well, no, no, I, I take that back because they're getting your Prime subscription. But at the same time, it's just like, how do you compete with that? And when you're large enough to where you can take a cut on a product, you can make up that cut somewhere else. Especially right? like, like you said, whenever they, whenever they take a cut on a product that they themselves made. So theoretically, they're not even taking a cut. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there, it's, it, it's the, there's no free sides, right? The sure, the side might, the side in your combo meal might not increase the price of the, when you pay at the window, but it increases the price of something. It might not be something that you're paying, but it's something someone else is paying or it's something you mean, or the, or the price of everything in general is just increased to accommodate that free side, free side. There is no free sides in your, in your combo meals. Um, <clears throat> so moving on to another round of questioning, uh, there were some pointed questions about the authenticity of products sold on item on Amazon, uh, questions about counterfeit products and stolen goods, uh, and Amazon's lack of accountability when dealing with these products, which they profit from, um, Amazon apparently puts in the price and responsibility of third party sellers to police listings on Amazon. So we'll just say that you produce knickknacks and you sell high quality knickknacks. You are a well-known brand and another seller comes on selling knockoffs or maybe they come into maybe some shady third seller comes in with stolen goods. They got an extra crate of knickknacks somehow that were unaccounted for. It's now on you, the company who, who creates and sells these knickknacks to police Amazon's listings. And you bear the responsibility of the, of the price for that. Despite Amazon profiting off those stolen goods or those inauthentic goods, which this kind of got me, especially in terms of the stolen goods. Now, Bezos did say he wasn't aware of any stolen goods being sold on, on Amazon. Someone probably is look, it's the, it's the largest e-commerce website in the fucking world. Like it's only, <laughs> it's only real competition is in China. And that's like Alibaba wish and wish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So to me, stolen goods, first off, 100% should be on Amazon they should be responsible for policing their listings and monitoring the legitimacy of products on the site. Like on G2A the... did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like G2A. <laughs> um, my other part to this is, let's just say it's um, their knockoff products uh, that could potentially harm customers. Uh, it, 
you know, lead paint, shoddy electrical work that can pose shock and fire hazards, uh, products that infringe on patent rights. Amazon, know, go ahead. I know a guy personally that uh, sells knockoff Yeezys on Amazon, like the shoe. And they're literally like labeled as, you know, not Yeezys, but they clearly look like Yeezys and they're knockoffs. Like, I, I mean, I've met the guy. I've seen his stock. Dude sells knockoff Yeezys on Amazon. And they don't do anything about it. So, yeah, I mean, they and they Amazon should be, at least in my opinion, uh, reliable for any legal or civil damages that are incurred by such products especially if the products pose a danger to consumers. Um, You are the marketplace. You are the walled garden in a sense. You are, you know, you know, we should hold Amazon who profits off these products just as responsible as we would hold Walmart for the products on their shelves. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, here's the, here's where the, the, I'll connect this to gaming is how do we know, let's say we buy a third party, uh, an item from a third party seller. How do we know we're getting the product that we say that they say we're getting? How do we know that that Logitech mouse you get from a third party seller is actually a Logitech mouse? How do you know it's real when you buy it, when you put that information in and how do you, and what do you do if it's not, how right. easy is it? it in the same listings. Yeah. So it, I mean, you're stuck with it at that point. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and then even then, when you do get the product, how easy is it for someone to etch a logo on a mouse or a headset or a keyboard or a set of cables and sell it? I'd like to play devil's advocate with that, though. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the bigger items like that have their own specific actual, like, brand store. Like Logitech. Like, I bought mine on Amazon. But it was from the Logitech actual segment of the store. Yeah. Yep. So, like, it, it, it kind of has to also be, like, in that terms, like, user, like, awareness as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the, there should be some kind of policing, policing there because oh, I agree. Yeah. Know, as a trusted seller, you should be, I mean, if nothing else, verify like this is the company that it comes for and then put a disclaimer on there or something that outside of this, we can't guarantee anything. It is between you and the seller at that point, you know, as, 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 as a marketplace, not a, not a seller, but like it should be between you and them put the disclaimer there and then promote the actual like manufacturer of the product as the primary seller. But Amazon typically lists things in order of price. Like, so if somebody does come up with something that's, cheaper you know and yeah I, I do understand that there should be some seller awareness but shit dude like kids get on you know, kids get on there all the time and don't know any better you know like a kid that just got a job he's 16 you know he's wanting to set up a gaming rig goes to buy a logitech mouse and he literally gets a like a legitimate fucking mouse animal with the logitech logo just painted on its back and that's obviously an extreme example so still, i mean you get the point. but here's here's something for you guys to to consider in in this regard is what tools have it, has Amazon put in place to inform consumers about the veracity or the legitimacy of some of these third-party sellers? You know, what, when, because all you have to do, let's just, I mean, let's just take a gaming mouse, right? Let's just mm-hmm. take a gaming mouse. 
and you are a third-party seller, you, through whatever means, maybe you have a contract with Logitech or whatever, another retailer, maybe you have a you know drop shipping or something like that, you come into 100 units of a gaming mouse of some sort. And all you have to do to put that listing up there is, you know, through whatever backend interfaces you have to, you know, you take the list, you take the same marketing materials from, we'll say Logitech, right? You take the same marketing materials, take the same images from Logitech's brochure and post those as your own. So it looks like a Logitech thing. It's just being the, the, and maybe the mice are legitimate or maybe they're not. It doesn't matter how you got the images or if the mice are legitimate in this situation or not. We can say there's one that is legitimate and one that's not. But you can still get those images. You could probably rip them right from the Amazon website itself and post that. And how do you know? I mean, it could say fulfilled by Logitech or it could say fulfilled by Danny K. You know, and how prominent is that? And how many tools has Amazon put there for people to you know, judge legit the legitimacy of a listing. And that's a major problem in this, <clears throat> in this question, right? The, a lot of this isn't necessarily about, um, the, the, the questions about this are what harms are there for the consumer and what are these companies doing to protect consumers? That's what these antitrust hearings are about and how much power do these companies have? Those are the big questions here. Um, so, I mean, those are, the, those are the big things. And this is, I mean, it's a very deep, complicated issue. Right. I, I see where you're coming from on that, too. It's it's more around, based around the idea of consumer safety. Because I'll be the first to tell you, Amazon has, a, I mean, they have, in my opinion, a great refund policy. Um, to, in, in my personal experience. Like, I've had, I've ordered stuff and it didn't arrive on the day. And then the next day I call them like, hey, it's not here. All right, cool. Bam. I got a refund. And I was like, okay, what happens if it ends up showing up? I don't worry about it. And I would get the product and have the money back. And it's like, they've taken, they take care. But where's, where's the, the consumer safety aspect of it, you know, where they do make sure that the products that they're putting out are actually legitimate in a sense that they will not hurt somebody. They're not wired faulty. That'll burn your house down. They're not, you know, they don't have faulty wiring and stuff like that. Like, Where's but, that? And there's also yeah. the the protections for producers. Like I said, you know, are you selling shit that fell off a fucking truck? Yeah. How, you mean, know, you got a hundred, you, you got a hundred units of, of X. How did you get those hundred units? Did you steal those hundred units? Did you use a stolen credit card to purchase those hundred units and then are reselling those? Right. You know, because I mean, those are the questions about the stolen goods, and the, I mean, those are the issues that are that are popping up here. Um, moving on to another major thing that uh, the the committee asked Amazon was about price wars that Amazon engaged in, and the specific example of this was Diapers.com, which Amazon was able to undercut in prices and eventually acquire, um, then immediately ended all promotions and return prices to normal or above average. Right, so they were in this bit. They were in this pricing war with Diapers.com. They were trying to, uh, they were both both companies were trying to undercut each other, trying to outdo each other in the prices for diaper delivery. Eventually, Amazon was able to get their prices so low that Diapers.com could no longer continue the pricing war, and 
were eventually bought out by Amazon. As soon as Amazon bought that bought that other company, they returned prices to normal or above average. Um, so, again, let's kind of take this back to gaming. Right, it happened in diapers, but let's what's to say that that's not going to happen in AV cables, computer mice, flash drives. SD cards, CDs, DVDs, some of these items are essential for many businesses, large and small, especially during the pandemic. Webcams, you know, microphones, you know. Shit that people are actually, like, needing right now. What was that? Game sales. Yeah, game sales, exactly. As Amazon is getting closer and closer into the gaming market, uh, you know, let's talk, I mean, we could talk about game sales. Um... And so, again, the, what I want to point out to people is it's not about, well, doesn't mean isn't that they're right as a company. You can get into a bidding war with whoever, you know, as a company, you can get into a bidding war with whoever. And you can sell products at a loss. The question is, by these antitrust committees, and it's always the question of the antitrust committees, is does it hurt the consumer? Do these practices eventually lead to consumer harm? Will these practices eventually lead to price gouging? When you're the only game in town, the only viable option, is it going to lead to price gouging? Is it going to lead to, um, is it going to lead to shoddy construction of products that could be dangerous? Is it going to lead to other issues that could harm consumers? Those are the big questions. Um, you know, th- those are where people that's where the committee is is really concerned and that's where the committees are really looking uh, at this issue so you know we could have a discussion about well you know free market and blah 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 but at the end of the day at the end of the day it's about the consumer um so yeah let me kind of go back to you guys i mean what are you thinking about this i this you know this bidding war or this this pricing wars I mean, obviously, I mean, cheap diapers. Yeah, that's great for a new parent, but at what cost? But yeah, yeah. it's exactly at what cost. cost? Um, You know, they eventually jack up the prices. You can't sell diapers at a loss for very long. No, no, absolutely not. But that but that goes to the whole point of like the anti-monopoly thing that, you know, is supposed to be set in place in this country. Like it's one, I mean. I, I do get that there is some responsibility on citizens to not allow that to happen. But in a time when a lot of people are broke, what options are you left with? When you have to buy stuff that you need, you're going to have to go the cheapest routes. And then when that runs everybody else out of business and then you're the only the only one in town, you start jacking up. Pro- that's I mean, it, that's illegal. Am I not wrong? Like there is itself is supposed to be illegal. Well, that's where the antitrust stuff comes in, right? Because right. antitrust law in america goes all the way back to like oil barons with mm-hmm. um you know i mean that's a long and storied history that um is really difficult but you know price gouging in itself is a completely different set of laws and that's like during times of emergency like we'll just take like baby formula right like if you hoard baby formula and then when baby formula becomes, you know, becomes a scarce item and then you jack up the price 
to we'll say like 50 percent that's illegal but uh, like the guy with the hand sanitizer at the beginning yeah. of the at the uh, beginning of the pandemic yeah the the those jackasses in tennessee mm-hmm. um but i mean if you're in a pricing war you know we'll just say diapers diapers right now aren't really well diapers at the time which at the time with the diapers.com that was 2005 diapers were not a scarce item there wasn't anything that was stopping the production of diapers um you could and uh, you know point to bezos he said you don't have to buy your diapers from diapers.com or from amazon you could go to walmart you could go to the dollar store you could go any of these other places but just for argument's sake let's say that we are in a pandemic right now mm-hmm. and you you can only get diapers online or toilet paper online that's the only way you know you can reliably get get the materials that you need without risking your health or maybe it's the only way to get the uh materials at all i mean if if the items have become that scarce then i think there might be a i don't know the legality of that stuff there when the prices start to jack up um but again the question of these congressional hearings and it's really up to our listeners to to decide for themselves this is for you to uh this is for you to philosophically decide um what you think is right or wrong Mm -hmm. um but the ultimate question of these antitrust committees or these congressional hearings is are these companies so large that they harm consumers and citizens that is the question at the end of the day that the committees have to answer and they have to um and that's what i mean you as as a consumer you have to think about that and as a citizen of wherever you are you have to think about that when you vote when you buy material when you go and make business decisions and buy things um you should think about things like that um i know and you should and you should understand your own philosophical thoughts on such a topic and it's a major topic to think about it will tie you up in knots and like i said this is where i become a bit of a little l libertarian my my own philosophical under pinnings kind of start to wane when it comes to multi-million corp multi-million dollar corporations and how much power they have yeah because at some point it stops becoming a free market anyways yeah exactly i mean like like people can sit here and talk about beating your competitors all the time but at one point if unchecked one corporation can overtake everything and make it impossible because they can end up ultimately controlling any supplies you would need to build a competition against them. Therefore, you wouldn't be able to do it. Exactly. Well, it's a, I mean, that was a huge part of the oil issue uh, in the early part of the industri- of the second industrial revolution here in the United States was mm-hmm. that standard oil owned, they own like the processes of refining oil. They own the patents to do it. They own the, they own railways they owned, you know, they owned the oil fields or the rights to the oil fields. They owned the distribution of the oil. Uh, you know, they owned so much of it that it was literally impossible for anyone else, and they had to get broken up. 
Yeah, because it was point A to point. I mean, from point A to point B, they had the whole chain, and that's and that's the thing. Once you get to a point, there there becomes a point where you you could try to beat competition, but then once it gets to a certain level, it stops. It gets to where you are not allowing competition to enter the market, and that's where it becomes a problem. That's where it becomes harmful to everybody involved because you're suppressing everybody else's ability to even live the American dream at that point. Yeah, you know, speaking specifically as an American, yeah, because because everything that you want to work for is out of reach because they can't they won't allow it to happen because they were left unchecked and grew to be way too big. Yeah, I mean, they talked about um, one of the examples that a senator brought or not a senator. I keep saying senator. I think it was, I think it's just representatives on this committee. So one of the representatives on this committee brought up a very niche clothing uh clothing provider they actually provided work clothes they provided uh you know boots and jeans and you know stuff for people for blue collar workers protective gear um and they act their bestseller was actually a niche item the 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 representative didn't actually say what it was so we can say maybe they sold the best eye protection on the market who knows it doesn't fucking matter amazon could see that as the marketplace they could see, wow, uh, Revspen, Revspen Apparel is really doing well with this eye protection. We know that there's a producer in China who produces this eye, protect, eye protection. We're going to now start selling this eye protection at, at a loss. We're going to start selling this eye protection at a loss. We still recoup some of our money. <clears throat> But now we outprice this Revsven apparel, you know, and that, I mean, those are, that's a major issue. If you are both the, if you are the only game in town and I mean, let's be, let's be 100% honest with the stats that I pointed out earlier in terms of the e-market share, they really are the only game in town. If you're a third party producer, you're, you're, you're an idiot. If you aren't on Amazon, it, I mean, you could be on eBay. Sure. But eBay doesn't even do 10% of the business Amazon does. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's, and that's the question of the power. I mean, that's a clear-cut example of how much power Amazon has in the space. Well, it's like, it's like with Twitch. Amazon takes a loss on Twitch every yeah. year. But just to keep other streaming platforms out of it, they, like, they keep running Twitch as the biggest platform even taking a loss just to keep others from being able to rise up because I mean, I mean, theoretically you would think a business decision would be just to cut your losses and get rid of it and let somebody else goes to the other, the other side, but they're making it to where it's almost impossible to do because of viewer retention and all that. But the thing that the problem is there's all this viewer retention and people staying on Twitch through thick and thin and all this, but Twitch is still losing money on it, but they just don't want there to be any competition. So they eat, they keep producing what they do at a loss. Yeah. Um, so so I mean, you got to keep that shit in check. You can't let it get to a point where you have to break it up. You have to keep it from getting to that point because yeah. breaking it up is a lot harder than preventing it. Yeah, because at that point you got everybody in your pocket. Yeah, I mean you've got you've got money everywhere at that point because nobody's gonna nobody in in Washington's gonna want to break you up if they all got stock in you. Yeah. Um, like I said, it's a huge topic. I mean, it's, it's massive. It's a hard topic to talk about too. 
because it requires, I mean, it, it requires a lot of information and it requires, you know, a lot of, a lot of logical steps and, you know, you have to know a little bit about economics and market share. And I mean, it's a, it's a huge topic and then it also challenges your philosophy. Um, but I think we've kind of, I mean, I'm looking at our time here. We could spend a lot of time on it. Uh, I have one thing to say, though. Yeah, I was going to ask Green for your final thoughts and we could move on. I find, uh, isn't it funny? We look back, look back to 2010 when you heard of Amazon and you're thinking, wow, this place sells, uh, this website sells used books and books for really cheap. Do you honestly, like at that time, could ever imagine that 10 years later, we're going to, we're talking about antitrust laws on that same website that was just selling used books and, and cheap paperbacks. Yeah. It's just insane. It's insane. Yeah, it is. It's, you know, in 2010, I remember getting a package almost every day from uh, Newegg because my stepdad is a system administrator. So he would get, get like, you know, little server parts and dealios and stuff like that. I think sometime in 2013, 2014, it swapped from Newegg to Amazon. He was getting all of his stuff or all of his all of his work stuff from Amazon instead of Newegg. My first internet scam was from Amazon. <laughs> in 2011, I purchased a, a copy, a paperback copy of one of the Hunger Game books for my girlfriend at the time. Uh, you made that life like, hard up. I mean, <laughs> oh, wow. Ouch. I bought anyway, the book too. Knocked off. <laughs> no, I, I did buy it for her. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Uh, I waited like a month to get it, and then finally I got an email from the seller uh, saying that they couldn't fulfill it. They uh, refunded me the amount of the book, but not the shipping cost. So it was like a shipping shipping cost scam where they'd keep the shipping cost, but not actually ship out anything. Ooh. So, oh wow, yeah. Wendy Testerberger. <laughs> so uh yeah moving on to our final topic today deals of the month it's the first of the, it's the first show of the month first show of august 2020 baby um, deals of the month yes so uh, i'm gonna just start real quick epic i checked epic there wasn't anything different from what we talked about last last week uh we'll we'll all periodically check epic again throughout the month uh starting out with twitch prime uh snk 40th uh, anniversary collection from july 28th to uh, december 31st you can pick that up Sl uh, metal slug 2 from july 28th to december 31st is when you can pick that up sengoku 3 july 28th to december 31st king of the monsters july 28th to december 20 uh, 31st ironclad july 28th to december 31st Shock Troopers Second Squad. Do you guys want to guess when you can pick this up? Tell me. July 28th of the 31st. <laughs> and uh Baseball Stars 2. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna just real quick. Whoever answers first gets a Tootsie Roll. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do the substitute uh teacher style. Who wants a Tootsie Roll? Who wants to tell me when you can pick up Baseball Stars 2 on Twitch Prime? 28th to the 31st. 
Boom! There you go. There's your Tootsie Roll. Fuck you, Green. <laughs> I love you. I'm allergic to Tootsies. Tootsies. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's what's available on Twitch Prime. Of course, if you have Twitch Prime, you also get a free sub uh, on Twitch every month. Go on ahead and use it on one of these beautiful gentlemen, Revs fan or Mr. Greenlead, or anyone else who appears on our guest list uh, for the next to nothing podcast. Um, like I said, Epic Games, I already checked. You guys can uh, watch last week's show for that if you're interested. Um, Green, do you have the PlayStation uh, now? I do, and it is a big flex. Go for it. It better be because Xbox is fucking trashed. This yeah. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered, which just came out a, a few months ago. Um, and then Fall Guys, which just came out today. That's a good one, actually. That, yeah. that, that was a good flex. I remember when they announced that. That was. Yeah, that's a big flex. So, like, oh, you know that game that just came out at the beginning of August? That's well, the highest viewed one on Twitch? Yeah. Have at it. Yeah. GG. So that's it, yeah. That's it? Yep. Padre, what's on uh, Xbox? A bunch of shit you've never heard of. Um, we got Portal Knights from, uh, available from August 1st to the 31st. We got Override Mech City Brawl from August 16th to September 15th. Then we got MX Unleashed and Red Faction 2 available through the month of August on Xbox Game with Golds. And... On Game Pass, they have an astonishingly large one game coming to Game Pass in all of August, as announced uh, three days ago, and it's called Tell Me Why Chapter One. Never heard of it. Looking at the, the screenshot of it now, kind of has a Life is Strange aesthetic to the picture. Maybe it's something I'll check out. I don't know. But man, did they really shit the bed this month. Did we talk about Tell Me Why during the Xbox game show? That sounds familiar. I don't know that we, I don't know if we did. We I probably saw it. So. Huh? I think so. It feels it like we did. I'm pretty sure we did. Um then the other uh the only other game I heard on there was or heard of there was Red Faction 2. Yeah, I I've, I've pl- I used to play MX Unleashed on the Xbox 360 cuz it's the one where you can like do dirt bikes and ATVs. I was raised in the south and you know, whatever, but so I've heard of it, played it a little bit, but it's a, like the the way that Xbox typically does it is they'll release two Xbox One games and then two Xbox 360 backwards compatible games. So that way you technically get four games, but two of them are old Xbox 360 games. And Red Faction and MX Unleashed are those two. It's ridiculous. Sad. Big sad. They, Big sad. They did, they did be bad. I don't think I saw any other like spectacular deals for this month either. So that kind of does it there. Real, real quick, I will say the re- I I just said how uh, tell me why it looks like it has a Life is Strange aesthetic. It's because the developers of Don't Not Inver- uh, Entertainment was it made Life is Strange. <laughs> <laughs> at least it, at least that means I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> that's why I know we we talked about it in the X- Xbox uh, uh, game show showcase. Yeah. Because you you stated that it would be something that Rev would enjoy because it looks like Life is Strange. Well, I mean, all sorts of dots have been connected. Mm-hmm. So twisty. So twisty. Twisty Testaburger. Twisty Tester. <laughs> um, was there anything else that we needed to talk about before we wrap up the show? Uh, Yeah. Yeah? That mustache. 
<laughs> right? Oh, it's so good. <laughs> Keep an eye out, though, if y'all want. Uh, eventually, on Danny K's YouTube channel, we're going to do uh, some next to nothing after dark where instead of talking about games we do crazy off the wall wild shit and talk about everything including drugs so be there <laughs> and mustache rides we'll do mustache rides and drugs and crimes so <laughs> drugs and crimes we won't do it on twitch because tos says you can't commit crimes but yeah let's go you we know maybe maybe i will care. talk about the one time that i've had a cop draw a gun on me what okay yeah see there it is and i'll be and i'll do dmt and be tripping the whole time it'll be fun all right so now we've teased enough people we actually have to do it next to nothing after dark i have mushroom cookies y'all want them <laughs> <laughs> chris don't come to my house i'm out of your jurisdiction <laughs> chris is an actual cop and a friend of mine <laughs> maybe maybe chris will appreciate the story of how i got a gun drawn on me <laughs> it'll even be funnier. well maybe not on me but chris will send him my be like all right boys we got to roll out we got to go get him and i'll just eat all the cookies and be like there's nothing you can there's nothing you can do you'll be like you'll be like the uh kid in the back of the uh car and um the opening scene of it's Super Troopers. Super Troopers. <laughs> You're just saying like 30 bucks worth of pot and 100 bucks worth of shrooms, man. He's like, so I'm going to need 130 bucks. You know, whatever you get the chance. <laughs> no, you're freaking out, man. <laughs> Schnozberries taste like Schnozberries. <laughs> okay. Let's, um, okay, should we uh, go on ahead and draw our winner for absolutely for the $20 Steam gift card? No, no, oh, no. no. Do we it. Got one more game. One more game. Oh, one, one more game. game. One more game. Let's do it. Yeah, let's. Yeah. All right. Last game is I don't remember. Um, what was it? What was it? What was it? The last game we did was Killing Floor Two. Uh, Brothers: A Tale of Two Sons. This is a good one. All right, let's just do one. real quick, guys. If you want to win, I'm gonna give you 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds, right now. Enter exclamation mark fuck win stream uh, for your chance to win that game. You get it? You get it? I'm going to roll Go it. Go ahead and this too, so that way I can post on Twitter later. Yeah, fuck win stream. All right, I'm going to roll it. Um, That should not have happened. We're going to re-roll that. Apparently you I were... am honored. Oh, my God. Thank you. Oh, goodness. That was Next a weird-ass glitch. Ooh. You're even marked ineligible. There we go. Codename Lucas, congratulations on winning that game. We will send you the Steam key uh, after the show here. Um, and now it's time. Let me make sure that I have everybody who entered today in for the $20 Steam gift card. Um, while I do that, I just want to say... You guys, you the listeners, all the people who have supported us, thank you so much. This was an it's been an amazing two years. It's been enlightening, um, learning and refining the show over these uh, over this time. And uh, I really hope you guys have gotten the value out of the show that um, I try to provide. I'm gonna roll the twenty dollars CM gift card right now. In a brrr, like a big old drum roll. So the uh, winner, I'm just gonna say, is someone who uh, 
has been uh, commenting or entering the keyword every week. You guys uh, were able to comment as many times as you want to get your name entered for more chances to win. The winner this week was Seprin for the $20 Steam gift card. Seprin, I will get with you and uh, figure out all the best ways to get you your $20 Steam gift card in your preferred way. Um, Green, what's coming up on your channel? Um, I don't know. Probably some games, some first-person shooters, stuff like that. I like it. I'm looking into Fall, fall Guys. Uh, it looks like it's really a really interesting game to play. Uh, but yeah, you, you can always catch me at twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite. Got uh, my Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, all that fancy stuff, all Mr. Green Elite, except for Instagram, which is TTV Mr. Green Elite. Um, I'm going to try pushing more content on Facebook, and I'm going to actually attempt to do some YouTube content soon. So check me out on YouTube, too. And I got to mute myself because the dogs are being assholes. So. <laughs> Padre, what's coming up on your channel? I'm so glad you asked. Um, okay, so now that I'm back, uh, I'm going to be back on my normal schedule. Thursday at 7, I'm going to probably find a just random obscure indie game to play and review because now – actually, no, I am reviewing Adventures of Chris next week because uh, I would like to do that. I recently started my own website. Uh, it's just an indie game review website that also links to all my socials and stream and all that and Discord. It's called um, it's called RevSpin.tv. It's that easy. Go to it, read the blog, check out my views on some games. Um, Saturday, though, Saturday, I'm going to do an IRL stream where I go geocaching with my good friend, codename Lucas, and we're going to we, we get one of those like self-stabilizing gimbal sticks. Um, we're going to hook the phone up to it. We're going to go geocaching out by the, uh, one of the lakes in OKC. There's like 150 geocaches in that area. If you don't know what geocaching is, dude, fucking tune in Saturday. Um and then after that, man, it's just going to be probably more of the same. Yeah, just getting these these nice random obscure indie games and going after. I will be continuing Dream Daddy Thursday, actually, probably. that's There we go. That's what I'll be doing Thursday. I'm going to continue Dream Daddy Dating Sim, um, where I look like a future version of myself, sadly. And you'll see it when you see it. But, yeah, you can find me literally on all socials at RevsFinTV. You can go to the website, RevsFin.TV, to, to get a look at the uh, the blog. I release it weekly on Mondays. Uh, it's a new indie game every week. I'm eventually going to start covering more stuff uh, in the indie game square as opposed to just reviewing the games themselves. Uh, it's a work in progress, but that's it for me. Excellent. Um, coming up on my channel, um, probably more Fallout. I'm going to start maybe doing some uh, more single-player games. Uh, I have Metro 2033... Um, not Metro 2033. I have uh, Metro Last Light. I have Bioshock 2. I have Spec Ops the Line that I've I've had for years and I haven't even touched. So I might start doing some more single player games. Um, still continuing Fallout. I'll probably pl sprinkle in some Apex and some uh, uh, Insurgency Sandstorm uh, throughout that as well. Hey um, Danny. Yeah. Do you want to do you want to play that Spec Ops the Line just because it's banned in Egypt? <laughs> No, I, I mean, I've literally had it for years. I was actually thinking about it the other day. I'm, I've had it for like a year, two years. It was free Damn. on Humble Bundle. Mm. And I just haven't, I haven't touched it at all. Um, it's one of those single player games that I just haven't touched at all. I have a, I have a whole fucking list of single player games that I haven't touched. Fucking same. Um, so, yeah, if you guys uh, want to follow me anywhere, you guys can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Danny K, D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E. Um, 
yeah anything else guys before i wrap up the show here Nah, dude, but I got to take a poop, so I'm, uh, I'm glad. Like, I have perfect timing. Yeah, let me uh, go on ahead and wrap it up. Uh, that's all we have for uh, the show this week. We sincerely appreciate all of you guys for taking the time to watch and listen to the show. Uh, before we go, I want to give a shout-out to Mr. Lou Merck. He's the guy who gave us the beats you heard at the intro of the show and during our ad break. Check him out in the links in the episode description. If you guys like what we do, want to be sure to give this video a like and subscribe uh, to the channel on YouTube. Also, give us a rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice. Also, the top tier number one way to help the show is by sharing us with your friends. Uh, remember, if you want to get entered for... Oh, I'm sorry. We're no longer doing giveaways. Um, but do remember that if you are watching the show right now and you want to get uh, the limited time merch, you have until midnight at Central Standard Time. That's in like three hours and 15 minutes. Go get your merch if you want it, and then we'll eventually come out with uh, kind of year-round merch that won't be, you know, as exclusive. Uh, until next week, guys, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fight, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye! Love you. We appreciate you listening to the show. If you like what you heard, please tell a friend about what we do.